Hey guys, this is Finance Ease and you are listening to Finance Ease podcast series. I'm your host Himanshu Jain. In this podcast series, we are going to have a real chat with industry experts on investments, markets and macro analysis. Also young finance enthusiasts who are bringing change to the industry and how their career unfolded in the world of money management. They all are going to be our guests too. Stay tuned. In this episode today, we bring you a guest who belongs to the venture capital industry. Now to tell you about the VC fund, it is one of the most sought and challenging careers in finance. To provide you the insider picture, we have a guest tonight who has played an active role in evaluating hundreds of startups, dealing with several founders, incubators and angel networks. and he is part of the team which is quite active in the early stage investing space now if we take a look back at his academics he graduated from mumbai university and passed all three levels of cfa and frm part 1 while in his career he previously worked as a private equity analyst for tresvista and currently working as an investment analyst with a leading venture fund in the space which is artha venture fund by now you probably have one thing in mind that the guest is one intelligent man and yeah you are absolutely correct but there is more to the story we have been following the guest's post on his blog where he shares his experience in the industry and we were quite impressed and we couldn't resist inviting him to the show and he was also keen on sharing his knowledge and experience for the greater good he is an avid reader writes frequently on venture capital and has set an example of how hard work pays off in the end we are more than delighted to have mr farhan merchant as a guest on our podcast today hello farhan thanks for joining us today Hi Amanshu it's a pleasure to be here um I think it's it's a great platform for every young finance enthusiast anyone who's just gotten into finance or looking to get into finance I think we need some content some sort of uh touch points for them to access before they make their decision so I commend you for starting this podcast and I'm I'm very glad to be the first venture capital participant with uh, in it Thank you so much for the kind appreciation of the podcast. Thanks Farhan. How have you been? I'm doing well, thanks. As good as one can be uh during the sort of curfew that we've been under for the past 6-7 months. But so we are based out of Mumbai, so Mumbai is slowly starting to open up. So I wouldn't say life is going back to normal, but uh, we're sort of getting more adapted to the new normal, let's just say that. and you are in the vc industry okay and vc is all about meeting people and doing the that stuff how how things are moving forward from here right now i think it's it's one of the classic cases where you have to adapt to what's going on in the world right vc is no exception obviously a huge part of what we do as analysts is deal flow and for deal flow you have to be very visible out there in the vc circle so we had we had to keep attending events speaking to various incubators accelerators 
bankers, anyone we can to keep our ears close to the ground, right? But eventually, all of this, uh, there was no option for it but to move online, right? So we sort of had to adapt as well. A lot of these events have moved online. So it's just a change in in sort of avenue. Everything remains the same, but it's just that we've gone from a physical, uh, let's say, touch point to a virtual touch point, right? So we all have to improvise, adapt, overcome. And I think uh, venture capital is no different. And you have to adapt as fast as possible, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, see, what happens is uh, it's all a race, right? Unfortunately or fortunately, we're all part of a race. So if if we were not agile enough to adapt as quick as the times call for it, someone else is going to beat us to that. And then we're just going to be playing catch up all along. So I think it's very important for us to be flexible in our schedules, flexible in our approach to our work or to our craft rather. And, you know, make those make those turns as they come along, right? If you're not, I mean, we tell our startups to be agile. So as a fund and as professionals ourselves, I think we should take some of our own advice as well. Correct. Totally correct. Farhan, to begin with this episode, if you could start with your career, will you please share your story with us that... How finance happened to you? Sure, sure. So um, I did my uh, my bachelor's in commerce and finance from the University of Mumbai. Uh, moved on to starting my first corporate stint at Tres Vista, which uh, was an amazing sort of entry into the world of finance, right? Because you're working firsthand with private equity managers. At least I was in the private equity team, so I was working firsthand with the fund managers based out of New York. So it was a great sort of experience for someone right out of college. And I think Tresvista is known to be very, very sort of uh, uh, particular about the way they train their employees, right? So um, it was a great step up from uh, a college life to a corporate life. It's, it's sort of an incubator in itself, right? So if you see, a, a lot of people have moved on from Tresor to do some great things, right? Be it banking, be it uh, private equity, be it venture capital. It's it's a great uh, starting point for anyone looking to get into core finance. So I think I was lucky. I spent two years there. I was working with a private equity fund based out of New York. Again, that was a fund one. It, it just incorporated when I started working with them. So I got some very good experience on how a fund is set up how a first-time manager really sort of uh, looks at his investments, um, how he sources them, how the Western way, quote-unquote, of private equity works, right? Because till then, it's, it's all sort of been theoretical where we've learned it in, or read about it in books, but you've never seen how it actually works on the ground. So that was a great experience. Um, while I was studying, while I was working at Resista, I was also studying for my CFA. So I, I completed my CFA level one right after college, completed my level two while I was at Tres Vista, um, completed my level three and then moved on to venture capital. So I, I was at Tres Vista for two years, uh, post which I took about an eight month break uh, to help my dad out with the family business. And then, you know, I realized that it's, it, it's uh, my interest lied elsewhere, at least for the next five to 10 years, right? I wanted to sort of... Uh, chart my own path, so to speak, find my own calling. And that's what brought me back to venture capital. And once I've been in, I think there's just no going back. You know, it's 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 a world within a world itself. And it's an amazing place to be. So at when you started your career with Tres Vista, were you awestruck with such corporate roles and different world? What you read in academics and 
what is actually out there in world so uh like i said right it, it's it's for most people uh it's going to be their first stint in a corporate structure right because most of their recruits come from college hires um so that step up is something that's very very important right it's very easy for uh college students to just sort of start with a job that they don't really think too much about because the supply and demand equations obviously against a lot of the first timers in india right where there are a lot of more people looking for jobs and jobs actually available and that gets amplified in a competitive space like finance right so i think i was lucky to start at a place where i i i was really incubated so to speak right i'm sorry for using buzzwords but that's exactly what fresista was it was a great uh, like they really incubated your talents right they taught you everything that you needed to know to succeed in core finance right uh, and that just doesn't include your sort of hard tasks like excel microsoft word i mean modeling etc is very very important in today's world um even though you don't use it as much it's something that you really need to know but apart from those i think it's very important to pick up soft skills as well right how you talk to people how you converse how you network networking is something that's really not talked about enough especially in the indian landscape i think that's a huge uh sort of pill that we need to take from the western world right and i think networking is going to be the next big um, skill that people can acquire in the next 5 to 10 years especially in a competitive space like finance at least in india where students think that don't focus on the networking part right yeah exactly uh, it's not really talked about as much as what i was saying so i think um, it's it's a skill that's that very few actually look to acquire and those who do i mean there are going to be a lot of mistakes along the way right because it's very hard to cold email someone or cold cold call someone for the first time but the more you do it the easier it gets and the better you get at it right because uh, it's like ai in a way right you know you start to the more data points you collect the more you know what's working and what's not and then you the more you improvise your approach it's like the you become anti fragile right you become anti fragile absolutely right absolutely okay i read your blog and there was this top one topic about what you learned while preparing for cfa and i could totally relate to that being a cfa uh, candidate and it caught my attention very firmly right you mentioned about what it takes and what you learned across the journey now if i may ask what was the part that you struggled with and how you overcame those struggles hmm that's a good question actually uh because most of the questions around cfa are related to the curriculum right people don't really bother to get into uh the psychological aspects of it but i think uh, my cfa journey the the hardest part was transitioning to the level 3 exam right uh, this is going to be ancient soon because all of it is moving online but back when i was giving my cfa level 3 in i think uh, june of 2019 it was um there was a different structure right half of the exam was written and then half of the exam was uh, mcqs uh so the 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 essay questions were actually constructed responses right it it couldn't be like most of us in india were were uh, used to a very quality quantity driven approach right where the more you write is correlated to uh, the higher the marks you getting right of you getting which isn't the case here right so very uh, international concept wherein you have to construct your answers very specific to the questions that are being asked which is very hard for us because we don't come from that background all of our schooling all of our college experience 
has been a quote unquote rote learning right where right. it's not very applicable so i think that was a huge transition especially from level 1 and level 2 which is simple mcqs right and a lot of people have have not been able to cover that bridge from level 2 to level 3 because of the written section because not only are you writing constructive uh, answers but you're also writing it against time because triage uh, is is a very very uh, challenging yeah it's it's a very concise time slot so you have to work under pressure and you have to work well under pressure which was something that wasn't very easy uh, considering our educational background as indians but i think that's uh there's proof in the pudding that we've adapted right a lot of uh, indians that do give the i don't i don't think the cfa institute gives out uh, the results but from from the indian folks that i've spoken to the pass percentages for level 3 uh, were increasing when i was giving the exam right for people around me so i think we've sort of managed to adapt to that but as a student that was the hardest transition to make apart from that cfa was uh, it's a great core finance course right for anyone looking to get into finance or looking to know more about finance or or looking to do i mean i consider it like a masters in finance right uh, if you're doing a masters in if you want to do a masters in finance on your own time you do a cfa that's what it is to me right and one thing you also mentioned in your post that it requires out of you to form an opinion what it really matters out also in their in the real world you have to have an opinion in finance right yeah one of the first things my boss who's uh, a fund manager right he told me you can't be part of the investment team without having an opinion because you're not adding anything to the team then if you're not adding obviously opinion has to be backed by something right and opinions mostly are backed by two things either experience or research in terms of experience i don't really have much so uh, obviously the the more experienced folks in our team take care of that aspect but for me my i have to have an opinion that's backed by cold hard facts which only comes from research right so if you have opinion that is backed by good quality research then you have to put you have to bring that out because otherwise there's no value add for having you on the investment team right correct correct and what i was asking about that after having aced the exams cfa exams how is venture capital as a career in finance someone is looking vc as a career in finance Oh right I think VC is the the least sort of core finance role compared to everything around if you compare it to private equity or investment banking VC is the least finance uh, core finance um stream out there right but it, it's it's just so fulfilling right you're working at least in the early stage you're working with companies around that are just just born so to speak right the idea has just been formulated they're moving towards a vision that only they can see and if you're part if you if you see that vision with them then it, it's just you you sort of buy a ticket to the journey right so you you learn the business along the business right absolutely absolutely you're you're learning with them as they go along right and you're sort of you have to visualize their success like they do right if you don't then you ju- you're better off not investing but there are so many opportunities that come along right i was just speaking to a, a, another colleague of mine right like everything that we use on a daily basis or a lot of things we use on a daily basis um is made by companies that didn't exist 10 years ago right from how you pay your credit card bills in the form of cred that's fascinating i 
yeah absolutely i mean my morning coffee is uh, made by a company that didn't exist 4 years ago the underwear that i wear is not wasn't made was is made by a company that didn't exist uh, exist 4 years ago there are companies that um, you know are doing so many cool things both on the consumer side both uh, and on uh, the ease of payment side and there there's just so many aspects that they cover that you don't even realize you know if you just audit your phone right and and see the apps that you have i think everyone should do this just audit your phone see the apps that you have and see how many of those companies existed before the last decade so before 2010 i think a lot of them will have been born post the last recession which was about 2009 2010 so vc has been an instrumental in promoting the business right okay if i may ask moving on this same line what is it like working at a vc fund is it thrilling as it seems or requires composure what what are the skill sets required along the way i think you got to firstly you have to be very clear with you have to be clear with what you're doing right there's because there's a lot of work to be done and there are a lot of streams so i mean like i was mentioning right vc is the least core finance role out there compared to the other streams but it's also fairly unorganized within a fund right essentially you're the one who's uh like it's not like private equity wherein the partner has to get the deals and and then the analysts associate are essentially executing on it in most cases of course i'm trying not to generalize here but in early stage we see what happens is you have to go out and get deals as well so you're you're constantly on the phone trying to sort of speak to incubators accelerators bankers you're speaking to startup right. founders on a daily basis you're sort of doing work on the side on live deals that are pending you're trying to catch up with your portfolio founders to get an update on what's happening with them um so you're trying to balance a lot of balls at the same time which which and which is a very unstructured sort of uh, model when you when you think about it on a daily basis right so you got to have a lot of clarity on uh, on what task you're going to approach and how you're going to complete that before you move on to the next task so clarity i think is huge i think your uh, your sort of decisiveness has to be really high because like i mentioned you have to have an opinion and your opinion has to be backed by a good quality research right uh, i can't go to my partners with anything that isn't backed by any research that i've done so you got to be decisive in in uh, in what you're doing and you have to portray that to them with a level of confidence that can only be backed by research so it is a different skill that are that isn't taught in the academics right oh absolutely not i think every once you start working right there are a lot of these uh, soft skills so to speak that nobody teaches you you just learn them on the job you learn them from your mistakes you learn them from looking at other people's mistakes there's nothing in the world that's theoretical that can prepare you for excelling at a real life job okay there are candidates i mean there are finance candidates who are aspirational who like to pursue vc as a career how recruitment occurs at a vc firm and how it happened for you so recruitment generally like i said right supply and demand is very skewed in finance and within the buy side it's even more skewed right there's a lot more supply than actual uh jobs available out there right so you'll see a lot of the big funds don't even end up you'll you'll never see a job posting from a lot of the big funds mostly what happens is uh the best bet to get into any fund is networking right you reach out to the analysts associates anyone on the team 
send just send them probably a linkedin in mail or or an email and just ask them for some for for their time or just prepare um, an email which covers your 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 summary and brief i think networking is the best way to get into uh, a fund and that's what worked for me as well right uh, anirudh who's uh, the managing partner artha um, i reached out to him through i think four or five different sources and uh, after which i got a response from him so it wasn't easy it took a while i think it took north of a month but uh, that's how it is networking is anyone anyone who asks me this question i always tell them the same thing right just reach out to people you'll be surprised at um, how willing they are to help it's just i mean there's this quote that i was reading the other right. day from tim ferris right success is the, is related to the number of awkward conversations you're willing to have right you also mentioned this in your post uh, in your blog you wrote yeah yeah and i'm just i keep harping on about the same fact but that's how that's what works right um it just puts you on a pedestal above the other normal applicants and what happens is if you go in through a referral for the hr it's like one uh, one step has already been cleared wherein someone within the organization is forwarding your cv right so the odds of you uh, moving on to the next round are much higher compared to you going in through the general pool great so so far into the episode we have learned that networking is one of that core communication skills one has to adapt and learn as soon as possible correct yep okay moving on from here how does a vc work starting with process from getting a deal to securing a deal and finally to exit the deal how does things happen at a vc so every fund has a different structure that they work with right uh, it, it really depends on uh, on on the philosophy the investment style of the fund the culture of the fund how the fund managers like to work how the team likes to work so fund 1 will work very different compared to a fund 2 or a fund 3 right where they have more structured uh, rules or a more structured pipeline what happens in a fund 1 is we are a startup that's investing into startups right our culture is not set in stone we've i mean i in the one year that i've been at agtha we've built the culture as we've gone along right some rules that existed when i joined that don't exist anymore some rules have been adapted some rules have have uh, sort of been been moved here and there so it it really depends on the organization but generally what happens is uh, the analyst or the associate sources a deal they do an initial call with the startup with the founders get a better perspective on the business uh, uh, get more of a of an idea of of the numbers enough in not not enough to deep dive but enough to just take to their partners and have a 5 to 10 minute conversation about the deal uh, post that they pitch it to the internal investment team so in my case i have our two partners anirudh and vinod and our principal gauri so i pitch them a deal we talk about uh, we talk about the the deals in specific for about 5 to 10 minutes we typically have a 5 minute timer because in the early stage there are so many deals that we have to go through weekly that we try to cap it to 5 minutes but whatever generally goes anywhere between 3 to 10 minutes so we have a conversation on the deal we see if we like the idea what the sort of scope of the market is how the founder is whether his background uh, excites us or not 
and based on these criteria we vote if if it if it uh, if it goes through in the voting we take it to a pitch call so either one of the partners anirudh or vinod they do a pitch call with the founder uh post the pitch call we do some more internal research if we like the deal we probably send it out to people in our network who have more of a domain knowledge of of the space we try to get some reference checks on the founders etc so post pitch call is more of a discovery stage wherein we we start our deep dive into the company if we like it uh, probably do a couple more follow on calls with the founders get a better perspective on the specifics of the business and post that we we decide uh, whether we're going to invest or not if we do decide to invest it's the regular rigmarole role where we issue them a term sheet take them to ic move on to documentation and then we uh, disperse the capital so it's a long process right yeah absolutely i mean see we we handle third party capital right it's not our money which is why um, an angel network or a family office would be much more flexible when it comes to these timelines but a fund is obviously going to take a longer time because we have a lot of compliance uh checks that we need to do before we actually transfer the uh the capital right and these are non negotiable so there's nothing regardless of how much we like the deal these have to be done so uh, timelines definitely are uh, slightly long compared to angels but but then again the value add of a fund is is definitely more right so it really depends on on the founders if they want to play the long game or depends on how uh, quickly they need the capital as well so very use specific case so you mentioned that it is other people's money okay so who are the key stakeholders in a venture fund and how high are the stakes in the investment business so we have the we have the investment team so generally a venture fund is started by a quote unquote venturepreneur right who is the the managing partner someone who gestates the idea for the fund sets up a team around it goes on to raise capital to back his uh to back his investment track record or to back his thesis and that's how a fund is born um so the key stakeholders on on the team side is obviously the investment team we have the manager and the team that he set up to help him with the investments and then on the other side of the table we have the lps right these are the the people who are pooling capital into the fund and they are the ones who uh who who sort of uh, are the funders Of, right right who are the of, fi- who are financing your uh, transactions who are you financing your business yeah absolutely correct and you have spent quite a time in the industry and evaluated several hundreds of startups so far and if we could know what have you bring back to the table and what have you learned in the way in so much time i think i have learned a lot of things yaar the uh, when you look at an industry from the outside in right is very very different to looking at it from the inside out i think a, a lot of the rules that i thought were uh, pertinent to the venture capital game as an outsider don't really apply uh, when you really think of it from uh, an insider's perspective when you've gained some experience and know how things work right um i think even from a funding perspective networking really matters because if you come through a banker or if you come through someone who knows the fund manager or you come through anyone from the manager's uh, ecosystem there's a huge difference there as well right uh, because there are if it comes through a trusted source then like i was mentioning with with hiring it's the same case here where it's past the first barrier of entry so there's a lot a little more uh, trust involved with that deal 
which increases the odds of of the manager liking the deal so that's something that's really important from a startup perspective as well right uh, it's best to reach out to a fund through someone who's known to the fund's ecosystem um so networking is a really important aspect both on the hiring side and on the startup funding side uh, one other thing i i uh, i learned that i was surprised to learn was uh, that every fund has a very different investment criteria and i'll tell you what i mean by that because there are a lot of deals that i have looked at right or that we have looked at that we just wouldn't touch with a yard pole right where we know that i mean we just haven't liked it but you turn around and within two months that company's been funded by by a fund that's known to you so everyone's perspective on a particular startup is going to be different it's not like the public space where you know there are certain specific number of metrics that people look at and again i'm not trying to generalize but what most people look at and that helps them make a decision here you really have to uh, visualize with the founders right see their vision for the company and see if you agree with that and you want to be part of it uh, so there are there's a lot more qualitative aspects to uh, decision making uh, compared to a uh, private equity or uh, public market investing which i thought venture capital would still have some quantitative aspects which it does but uh, at the early stage qualitative aspects of uh, a deal actually have a lot a lot of weightage much more than i thought it does so to tell you honestly that's quite an interesting insight for me as well as our listeners as far as i can say it right now our last question farhan for today moving on from here that as much as i know about you that you have been an avid reader okay which book did leave a lasting impression on you the book you would recommend especially a finance student or professional to read um i think when i joined right the first book that my boss told me to read was 0 to 1 by peter thiel um i think that's a great start for learning about uh startups in general right uh, and and uh, it's a good book for anyone looking to break into venture capital um apart from that i think for me the most the book that's made most of an impact is actually not a finance book it's uh, it's called the war of art by steven pressfield and it's just about how um, creative people can uh, cut through resistance he calls it right where uh, every day is a different battle and how you sort of get through pro- procrastination and any of the other distractions on your way to achieving your daily objects and then converting that or scaling that into achieving your your longer term visions i think that book really really helped me get on the path that i really wanted to go on and it's something that i go back to almost every 6 to 8 months because it it just has so many pearls of wisdom that it's very hard to capture uh, and you're sort of uh, finding new pearls with every read that you do so i think that's one book that people should definitely check out Farhan what i believe is that when you converse with people from different perspectives you get to learn a lot whole lot of their experiences and they kind of go into your your learning system too we really learned a lot today and with enough confidence i can say that i'm taking some experience back with me after this discussion and i hope that our listeners will take the advantage of the same We are really thankful that you took out time for the episode today and we appreciate that. It was a rich episode for anybody keen to learn about the venture capital. Thank you so much Farhan. 
No, thanks, Imanshu. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you for inviting me, and I hope this helps anyone who's who's on the fence about whether venture capital is meant for them or someone who's new to venture capital, trying to make inroads. Right. Um, I I hope this really helps those people out there. This is the aim of this podcast series. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Imanshu. Pleasure. And that's a wrap up from our today's episode. Thanks for listening to Finance Ease podcast. If you like the episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcast. We are also live on Spotify and Google Podcast. Also, you can share it with fellow listeners and do follow us for more. Stay tuned.